Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, where each week we discuss new ideas and tactics to help you succeed in business, relationships, and life. And now your host, Tim Stoddard. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Tim Stoddard. Welcome to Tim Stodds FM. Thank you so much for joining me. I cannot tell you how excited I am to release this episode. My guest today is a young man named Daryl Vesterfeld. Daryl is a managing partner in Copyblogger. He's also a partner in an online design and digital marketing agency called Authentic. Daryl has a really, really great story and he's uh, bringing forth some new ideas and some new concepts on how uh, businesses or entrepreneurs or personal brands or or what have you display content for their audience it's uh it's really groundbreaking i think i, I think when you hear this interview you're going to see or hear how uh, exciting this this new uh, strategy is and this new way of presenting content to your audience and you'll you'll definitely hear my excitement because uh because as somebody who is passionate about online business and, and online entrepreneurship, this is a brand new way of presenting information to people and using it as a way to grow your audience, grow your business, grow your sales. It's, uh, it's really great. It's super exciting. I loved this conversation. Uh, I'm really glad that I've gotten to know Daryl in the capacity that I have. He's just, I've learned so much from him already in the few conversations that we've had and in this podcast uh, you'll hear uh, some of the experience that he and I have had with each other and some of the lessons that we've already learned uh, in growth and in marketing so please help me welcome my friend Daryl Vesterfeld. Hey Daryl thank you so much for joining me on my show I really appreciate your time. Yeah thanks for having me here excited to chat today. Yeah me too so you and I just got to know each other a little bit and when we were talking we had pretty similar stories and we had uh, pretty similar views about um the internet and online business and and how we've kind of developed our careers but our paths are very different in the event that i've always been more into the lead generation side of things and you've been much more focused on uh, online education and actually uh, selling products and 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 selling tools and I, I love to hear more about that because that's something that I always thought was so cool and something that I wanted to do more but um but I just I never had the chance so you uh, worked at ConvertKit for for quite a long time and you had a, a really a big you played a big role in the success um, of the growth of their product and from what you told me you did a lot of that through online education and I would really just love to hear more about that process. Yeah, so online education is something I've been doing since goodness 2012 or 13. Wow. Uh and it's looked uh, it's looked a lot different. I'm not I'm not an OG like some of the people that I came up watching like uh you know uh Brian Clark and these guys who have been doing it for a lot longer than than me, but I've been doing it for quite a long time and specifically at ConvertKit um you know, we use online education in the form of webinars and teaching on webinars. Um, prior to that, I was doing a lot of online course development. And even post-ConvertKit, I was doing a lot of course development. So online education has looked a lot of different ways for me uh, over the time. But while at ConvertKit, it was really like the whole growth 
strategy was really about teaching. And that really stemmed from one of our core values, which is teach everything you know. Uh, so when I came on at ConvertKit, part of the reason that I came on was uh, because I had such an extensive background in online education. I had such an extensive background in online education with the target market that ConvertKit had. And, mm. and so when, when we came on, I think ConvertKit had taught something like uh, four, five, six webinars uh, the previous year. And in the next 15 months, I taught over 150 webinars. Whoa. Uh, and, and we really found a niche where it was like people really wanted to learn what we were teaching. Um, people wanted to learn what we were teaching, one. Two, we found the right thing to be teaching to the right group of people. It was kind of like content and market fit were really a, a good fit, and it was just working out really well. On top of that, we really incentivized uh, our partners to let me teach to their audience in a way that would help uh, bring our teaching in front of a bunch of people who didn't know prior to that, uh, or who we didn't have direct connections with. And uh, the first couple webinars I did, I think the first three I did at ConvertKit were with Nathan Berry's audience. And, you know, Nathan Berry was a blogger prior to um, prior to starting ConvertKit, so we did it with his audience. That was like a quick, easy win for us. Another one was with uh, a guy named Jeff Goings, and then another one was oh, with, sure. uh, uh, was with Pat Flynn, and Pat was uh, an advisor for ConvertKit, and so it made a lot of sense. Jeff was a close friend of mine, so it made a lot of sense there as well. Uh, so we just started with those. They went super well. Uh, once we had those success stories, it was really easy for us to scale that uh, to go beyond what we were doing, uh, you know, beyond just the handful of webinars. Once we had those success stories in our pocket, uh, it was easy for me to go out and um, and get as many possible people uh, to partner with to, to do teaching in, in front of their audience for, for ConvertKit specifically. So you said, I've, I've kind of two questions to, to go off of that. You said the word teaching over and over again. Do you, is that really the biggest priority when you're doing webinars? Is your priority to teach first and sell second? Or do you see them almost kind of as, as one of the same? Because when I think of webinars, the first thing I think of is, uh, let's call it a product demonstration, right? Where you're just saying like, this is our product. This is what we offer. This is how you can use it. Um, I get pitches for webinars all the time through my agency because people want to basically display their product. But the way that you're presenting it, it's, it's, it's much more uh, upfront value and education. And then from what I think you're telling me, the sale of it uh, with your, your product growth and your company growth comes from the back end of that. Talk about that process a little for me as well. Yeah, so this is this is something that was really important to us um, with these webinars is people really came to expect that when I join a webinar or I sign up for a webinar, I'm going to be sold on it. Like, mm. And then teaching is going to be the secondary modal. But like, you're telling me that teaching is the most important, but really I can tell very easily that selling is the number one most important thing on this call. Uh, and so we were really sensitive to that because we knew that our audience was really frustrated with this sure you know, this this idea and people aren't stupid man people are really dumb. Are, like, people aren't stupid people can feel and sense when you are telling them one thing and doing something differently so a lot of people were doing this like hey come to this open i'm going to teach you a bunch of stuff and the teaching was so light the teaching was so um 
uh, it was just so shallow. Mm-hmm. And then it was like 30 minutes in, we're like, oh, got it. You want me to buy this product. And the only way this teaching makes sense is if I buy your product. Like, it can't stand alone. So some of the things that we did is like teaching has to be the number one. Like selling is going to happen on this webinar. Uh, but I did it in a way that was super conservative. And so what I did is I called the no pitch webinar. And I, I basically got on right away and said, hey, just so you know, like at the end of this webinar, I'm going to tell you about something, but I'm not going to ask you to spend any money today. So you can be on this webinar. If when I'm done with the teaching, you want to leave, that's totally fine. None of this has to do with ConvertKit or the thing that I'm going to talk about at the end. Uh, all this teaching is standalone and you can use it no matter if you're using MailChimp or ConvertKit or AWeb or whoever else. This teaching works, period. Now, uh, there will be some bonuses, but again, like you're going to spend zero dollars, so no pitch. And so I just kind of said that up front. Now I'm going to dive into teaching. And teaching is going to be the number one thing. And I would teach for 45 minutes. And I would teach really, really practical stuff. And our audience for that specifically was beginners with email marketing. So we were saying, you know, for beginners, like the number one pain point they want to have is to grow their audience, like grow their email list. And so I was giving them the framework to get their first 1,000 email subscribers. It was incredibly practical. In fact, we had many, many people implement the teachings that we had to grow their email list by hundreds of people, you know, even within the first 24 hours. Um, and and Teaching was the number one piece. When I got to the end, I basically gave them a 30-day trial of ConvertKit. Plus, if they signed up for that trial of ConvertKit, they would get like hundreds of dollars of other online education. You know, a course that Nathan Berry had created, Nathan's ebook. Um, if we were doing a partner, the partner had often thrown something as well. So, you got tons of stuff, tons of value for free, uh, without having to spend a single dollar. The only time that you'd have to spend a dollar is if you really genuinely like the trial of ConvertKit. Uh, and you wanted to keep going on beyond that trial, uh, you could do it. And I showed you how, basically how to use, uh, like how to build the list with ConvertKit uh, specifically, but it worked, you know, it worked with everything else. So we, we like were very heavy handed on value. Uh, and then that value translated into people signing up for ConvertKit. I love that. I, I completely agree with what you said where, people aren't stupid. And I think there's this, um, I, I think this a lot with a lot of the ads I'm served about funnels, you know, and this whole concept of, of funnel hacking where it's, you can almost guide people like, like cattle just down this yeah. perfect path. And, um, and I'm sure to an extent it works, but in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking to myself, people really aren't as dumb as the internet portrays them to be. And if you, build an audience with with trust and you uh you speak to them as though they're you know like informed intelligent people i just think that that's a better way to do it so um so i, I really appreciate what you were saying there and then so I, I've been, and i've been having an ongoing conversation with a friend about this uh because you know <laughs> we're we're looking at companies like uh click funnels sure uh, other companies who are really heavy-handed in this like quote-unquote funnel hacking thing yeah um and what's hard is you can't deny the financial success of some of these companies yeah what some of these people are doing right like they're making a lot of money and so the the question that and this is could be a really interesting topic of conversation kind of going off of that people aren't stupid it's very true but people are desperate to find a way to become successful. People are incredibly desperate. So the debate that my friend and I are having is, his point of view is, I think that we can learn from these people 
who are doing this the quote unquote wrong way or the aggressive way or this hacker quote unquote hacker way. And we can just, you know, not be, I don't know the word sleazy. We can not be sleazy in it. We can mm. like create good content and we can build the same kind of funnels. And I, I just keep coming around this and, and this is still kind of up for debate to me a little bit is will that type of quote unquote funnel hurting people through these funnels work without the factor of preying on people's desire to skip steps, preying on people's desire to shortcut the system, preying on people's desire to become an overnight success. Uh, I think that's what's being sold there more than it is like a process that can be replicated by people who are not going to try to trick people or try to get people through a shortcutted system. Uh, and it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting conversation. And I, I don't know the answer because on one hand, you can't deny the success of a company like ClickFunnels who has now I don't know, maybe over a hundred million in revenue a year. Um, and you can even compare it to a company like ConvertKit that is maybe at 20 or 25. Uh, they're obviously at different life cycles of the company as well, but they approach this stuff completely differently. Now the question is, is what people are buying with those hackers a shortcut, a snake oil, like a falsity, like where you can shortcut a system that is not meant to be shortcutted? Or does that system really work? And then we can implement good content within that system and, uh, and it will work the same way. Uh, I know I have my opinion specifically, but it's a very interesting, very interesting conversation. Yeah. Wow. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because I've been having this same exact conversation and I, the, the jury is not out. The jury is still out for me too, you know, because I look at it on one side and I think to myself, there's got to be something to making the path from, you know, introduction to purchase as simple as possible. But where I get hung up is essentially the, the dreams, you know, like every one of these ads or these funnels or something like that says like, buy my, they always use the word secret, you know, my secret formula to 10x your revenue in like 30 days while sitting on the couch in your underwear, you know, and, and I always think to myself, where's the actual substance involved? Because people can't help see an opportunity and a, an easy path to success. You know, like you said, people are just kind of desperate to do something. Um, so, wow, we, we, we could talk about that for a long time. And I'm, I, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because I know that like, we could get hung up on it. But, um, but I, I, I think you're right. Like there's something to it and there's got to be a way to combine combine the, the dark side and the good side of the force for some, some real optimum product. So I'm excited to see where we go with that. All right. So moving on, I love the work that you guys do with Authentic. Um, Authentic is your design, mostly design agency. And I think you guys dabble in a little bit of strategy as well. I've been a, a fan of Studio Press for years, and that's how I, I learned about Brian Gardner. And I think seeing your face on the Authentic website was when I was first introduced to you and your work. I love that concept of design just because of the minimalist ethos that you guys have. I hate cluttered websites. I love white space. It's just always really, really stuck out to me. Uh, but truthfully, I didn't realize that you guys had such a, a high profile of, of clients and you guys were actually so deep into the agency work. How did that whole entire project start for you? 
Yeah, it was actually about this time last year. Um, and up until that point, once I had left ConvertKit, I left ConvertKit in, let's see, 2017. And uh, it was this time last year where, you know, I had been doing the freelance thing. I had been kind of freelancing with clients, helping them do some online education stuff. I was freelancing with clients on their web design and strategy. Uh, I was freelancing with all kinds of different things. It was kind of all over the place. And so one of the things that I decided to do is to join forces with some guys who were also freelancing, you know, designers I was working with, uh, developers I was working with, Brian Gardner is a friend of mine, uh, to, to sync up and to join up. And for us to create an agency model, uh, to create an agency model together instead of all being like, disjointed freelancers and yeah the idea would be that you know we'd be better together because we'd be able to present ourselves as an agency because we actually are an agency uh we'd be able to demand higher prices because we could bundle our services together uh and so we decided to kind of go after it and it was kind of an interesting phase of our career where you know rafal um was was a freelancer chris was a freelancer chris is the the lead developer and brian had sold studio press and so he was kind of now a free agent of his own and, and so <laughs> probably I took, like meandering about trying to figure yeah, out we're all kind of just like wandering about and we just like <laughs> i just had a, i had you know brian and i were talking one day and we're like we should just all get on a zoom call and see what it would look like if we wanted to partner together and within the first 30 minutes we all knew that we wanted to partner together wow. uh, so it's just a matter of us kind of forming a brand and a name and, and figuring that out and because of uh, pooling all of our resources and assets together into this new agency, we were able to approach some really high-level clients, you know, with Brian's relationships and Rafal's relationships and my relationships and Chris's relationships. We were able to do some projects. And so we've worked with all kinds of amazing people over the last year. I'm actually in the process of writing an epic post kind of detailing all the work that we've done in 2019, our first official year as a company. Um, we've had the, the the distinct pleasure to do some work for Nathan Berry, the CEO of ConvertKit, for ConvertKit itself, for Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income. We did we redid the the website for uh, Yoga with Adrian, which is the largest yoga YouTube channel with four and a half million subscribers. Yeah, I know. She was, um, when I had my back surgery. I was uh, just trying to do some yoga to stay fit, and and I came across her YouTube channel, just thinking it was a random YouTube video. And then I checked her out. I was like, man, this girl's got like four, four million subscribers or something like that. Yeah. We've done uh, projects for, uh, you know, a division of Silicon Valley bank. So we've also kind of dove into the corporate side and uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. It's been, it's been a whole lot of fun. Um, we're continuing to kind of dive into uh, kind of continue to dive into what it looks like to be an agency and kind of the new, the new internet world, you know, because traditional agencies have been around for a long time and we don't exactly want to be like that. You know, mm -hmm. We want to be lean and mean. We want to be a little bit of a boutique. But we also know that our team is not just designers and developers, but we do hold a lot of strategy as well. So, um, you know, there's a lot that we're doing on strategy around content, like the content strategy. And this is a really interesting conversation that we could dive into for a little bit too. Um, you, you're very aware of my my passion around kind of a new modern Netflix style content strategy for websites. Uh, and so we're helping with that kind of thing. We're also partnering with our clients to build products, which is super fun. So, you know, beyond the idea of just being a service uh, agency and, 
hey, you sign up for us to do X number of service hours or X project uh, design or develop your site. We, we do those things and we're really proud of the work that we do. I think we're some of the best in the business uh, in the WordPress space for that stuff. But also, hey, do you have an idea? Like if you have an audience uh, and an idea, like I think we can help you execute that idea. And so one of the partnerships that I'm super proud to announce that we're, we're, we're working on now is with Pat Flynn. Uh, and his smart podcast player, which will be rebranded in 2020. Uh, and we're coming on as partners in that project to help wow. uh, grow that, uh, grow that both in number of customers and grow that with, you know, the the software offering that is offered to podcasters through, you know, Pat's software offering on smart podcast player. So, you know, we're really trying to like begin pushing ourselves forward as an agency that, not only can build a website for you, not only can help you with strategy, not only can help you grow your audience, but can also help you accomplish ideas that you had outside, um, outside of like a traditional agency relationship. And, you know, we can help build software tools for you, with you. We can build them uh, on your behalf. Like we can, we can build cool things uh, and have like a more, not like a non, a, a more, it's like a, a less traditional model, uh, in the type of relationships that we have with our clients. And so we're really excited to explore more of those. We have a, a few more in the works for 2020, which I'm really excited about. We have some projects of our own that we're really excited about to, to announce in, in 2020 uh, as well, one called Copilot. Um, and uh, so it's, it's, you know, traditional agency model in that we do traditional agency work, non-traditional in the fact that we're all remote. You know, we have people, uh, you know, it's far, not very far west, like, uh, Chicago and Nashville is as far as we go, but we have people in Florida and the UK and Poland and all over the place. So uh, it's super fun for us to be a non-traditional agency in that sense as well. And also non-traditional in the way that we, we can approach and actually build things with you and, and not just, uh, you know, not just do a website or, you know, brand refresh or content strategy, but we can actually build a tool for you or build a software with you, which is really fun. I think there's a huge opportunity for you guys there because I, I truly think in this world of, uh, you know, let's, let's call it audience building. The, the first thing that people do because they don't necessarily know how to monetize is they either serve ads or they, they come up with, with some kind of product. And um, I've personally found that a lot of these products are basically the same thing, just with different people's names on it. And, and one, of the, one of the missing links in this is the, the product development side. Like, how can I come up with something unique that pertains specifically to my audience? I, I'm, I'm speaking for myself, really. Like, I've had a ton of ideas with stuff, but I'm not a, I'm not a coder. I'm not a developer. I'm not even really a, a designer. Um, so I, I'm... I'm excited for you guys in that space. As soon as you mentioned the fact that you guys are actually working uh, hand in hand with people to kind of help them develop a, a product or, or, or some kind of offer, um, you know, my, my eyebrows popped up a little bit because that's something that I think a lot of people need help with. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. And, and uh, we're really excited about that because it's a huge pain point, pain point for people too, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we, we, um, and this is, this is the concept of what I've learned early on in my career in the whole online education stuff is, is the power of partnership. Mm. Uh, and partnerships are an incredibly powerful tool if used correctly. And we want to be partners. So first of all, I'm not a designer or developer. 
any of those things. Like I, I can't do any of the stuff without my, my partners in the authentic team. It's um, really exciting for me to be able to partner with guys who have those skill sets. So I can now inside of my partnership build something that I couldn't have built before. And then we can take that same principle into our agency partners and say, if you can't do this alone, that's great. Like we have a team that can partner with you to do it. And it kind of helps. It's a, it's like partnerships done the right way are the, the best win-win you possibly can imagine. Right. Yeah. Like right. I have a skill set, you have an audience. Like, let me take my skill set and we use your audience and then let's like collaborate an idea together and build something, uh, which is super fun. That is fun. I'm I'm really just excited to hear about that and to watch it. But um, the uh, the small relationship that you and I have built, um, I'm excited for you. Like I think that's going to be really a great thing in your life and like your company. So, uh, all right. So let's transition to the the really really exciting news. At least for you and I, you you mentioned your passion for this kind of Netflix style of content. Uh, you mentioned in the beginning. Uh, talking to Brian Clark and I've mentioned Brian a bunch of times in my show simply because copy blogger and his website and, uh, and the work of that entire team was so influential in my life, not just as, as like a, something to aspire to, but for something where I learned, you know, quite literally learned how to build my life and my entrepreneurial career. So you are now a partner in copy blogger, which within itself, every time I say that out loud or I talk it to you, like I can't imagine what that even feels like to say. But you have some some big plans for the website, and I, I think I can speak for you a little bit. But uh, you you present this new idea and this new uh, uh, let's call it concept of the way that our culture likes to absorb content, uh, and you want to apply it to to online media, um, and especially in, in the case of Copyblogger, like written content. So please, please, please just tell this story. How did this whole thing happen? How did you dive into this or, or like back into this idea of, of presenting online content in this way? Yeah, so I mean, the reality is uh, I've had some growing frustrations with, <laughs> with some TV shows that I love uh and it's just it's like i i just like get upset about it and i start ruminating on it and then uh i start connecting the dots i started connecting the dots a little bit so one of my favorite tv shows is called billions uh it's on showtime uh and when it comes out it's one of these old school shows like it's the way that we used to do it and it comes out one episode every week and i just want to like punch through the screen at the end because they like leave a cliffhanger and i just want to finish it right like now when Netflix releases a series, like I get all 10 or 12 or 15 episodes, however many, right at once, I can just binge. Like, you know, I can like put on my sweatpants on a Saturday morning and just watch as many as I want to. And I love that way of consuming content now. And I was just really frustrated. Like, dang it, I want to watch the show the way that I want to watch the show. And it got me thinking about how quickly the way that we consume content has changed, right? Like there are a lot of podcasts now that, when they drop, they release all of the episodes for a season right away. And I can just binge through all of them right away. And it's just very bingeable. And I think that, uh, that I was thinking about the way that we do content online. And it's just, it doesn't make any sense for this kind of a new, new shift, right? Like the way that we do it is much more kind of like an old broadcast television where like you turn the TV on and whatever was on, like that's kind of what you've watched. And, 
you know, you could channel surf around and try to find something that you liked, but it probably was like 13 iterations of long order SVU and like three iterations of, you know, real housewives and like you can really find something that you wanted. And the way that we have done online content for so long has kind of been that way. It's like I publish something in the next week or next day or however, whatever your content strategy looks like, you post something else there too. And, and, and so it's just like, it's just kind of like a stream of a stream of stuff that's maybe disjointed and not organized. And the way that we started organizing that content was through categories. But even when you put down a category on a site, it was just categorized by the date that it was published. Like there was no real way of, of doing it. And the, the thing that made Netflix so brilliant is not only the way that we could binge the content all together because it was you know, released at one time or grouped in one time, but they also keyed up other content that was similar based on their idea of what they thought I would like. So I started working with people, you know, my clients at The Authentic, uh, with the agency at Authentic, we started working with people who had similar frustrations, like, hey, like, I, like, con the old content started just not working for me. And, and some of the ways that these frustrations came up to him were, one, I don't know what to say or write anymore. So I just stopped writing. And, you know, I realized that we have this, like, like the old school strategy and the way that we do content, you know, content strategy is like, yeah, just write like three or four times, three or five times a week and then never stop. And I just like it hit my mind. Like we're not infinite people. Like I don't have an infinite number of things to say. Like I have a very finite number of things to say about a particular topic and that's it. And there's so many people who are like banging their head against their laptop late at night trying to think of the next thing to write when really they don't have anything else to say and that's okay. So like how do we, how do we adjust this content strategy? Like we're now like 20 years into this blogging thing online. And when I say blogging, I just mean creating content thing online. Like people are gonna run out of stuff to say and people have run out of stuff to say and what that has caused them just to like maybe abandon their sites or stop showing up or whatever else. So that was one of the frustrations. And, and so I started realizing like frustration one, content is just displayed linearly based on dates. Frustration two, my clients are running out of things to say and they're just not posting on a consistent schedule anymore. So what do we do? So we started working with, with our clients to reorganize the content, update the content in a way that is in more of a Netflix style navigation where once you land on a post, there are other posts that are a part of a group or a guide or a content capsule. It's kind of like these pillars of content on your site where it takes them through a narrative. Like, a good example of this could be, you know, we've talked about webinars. And so maybe what I can do is uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to create a content capsule or one of these guides. And it's going to be called how to teach your first webinar. And I'm going to, I'm going to gather maybe 10 articles that I've written over the last five years together about running a webinar and group them together into this narrative format where it teaches somebody step-by-step -step how to run their first webinar. Uh, and all I'm going to do is I'm going to update that content to make sense in that in this new context. Uh, and now all of a sudden I have one of these like Netflix style groupings that when somebody lands on one of those blog posts, like maybe they find it through an organic search or maybe a link on social media, but they land on, maybe they land on number four of five posts, but there's going to now be a navigation display of these other five posts that are not just categorically relevant, but relevant because they're within a five step process to take people from start to finish. And it's a beginning, middle, end narrative. And 
this now all of a sudden is like bringing out, it's like spitting out all kinds of potential benefits. And mm -hmm. uh, you're much more of an SEO expert than I am. But from my understanding, two of the biggest pieces of, of juice that you can squeeze out of SEO for your site are time that people are spending on site and the number of pages visited on site. And in this new organization, not only are you able to serve content to your audience in a way that's more useful to them, not only are you now maybe categorizing content in a way where you don't have to just infinitely write over and over and over again, like you can just update these articles when they need to be updated instead of writing a 13th post about how to lay out slides about webinars, but you're also like, you know, getting some SEO benefit by having people clicking around the site because they're much more likely to click on other pages on your site and stay on your site and subsequently stay on your site longer because you have queued up and put this content together in a way that makes sense in the way that we like to consume content now. This is such an ex exciting idea for me because I really am like your, let's call it perfect customer. Um, where I've personally, so speaking, let me just speak personally for a little bit. I've always really prided myself in my ability to keep going. You know, like I have a lot of stamina with my work and it's something that I'm like, I talk about with fitness a lot, but a lot of times with business and with uh, building an audience, it's, it's just kind of like a race of endurance. You know, if you just keep going and you keep going, eventually something will hit. Uh, but sure, what that does is it, it brings in a little bit of fatigue and let's call it creative fatigue. So how many times am I going to say the same thing? At this point, people really know my message. And that's the case for a lot of my websites. Um, so there's that pain point. But the other pain point, which is kind of tough to talk about through a podcast, but when you see it visually, it totally, totally clicks for me. If you go to a Netflix or something, you don't have the articles laid out in front of you. You have shows, you have the title cards. And when you click on that card, um, when you click on that, you know, that show in the context of Netflix, all of a sudden you get an entire batch of content that is within like a system. You know, there's episode one all the way to episode 10. And when you see it laid out visually, and then I think about how that can be laid out on a website where, um, you know, so speaking from my website, let's say I, I have uh, things about cardio, you know, because I've, I've always been a runner. So I can batch all of my cardio content together, present it with like a, a cover and then when you click on that cover, I can itemize that content chronologically. So it does two things. One, it does make it bingeable as you talked about, but two, and I think more importantly, it makes it so that I can come and go as I please. I don't have to scan this, this spider web of endless information to sort of find what I'm looking for. But if I want to start at step one and, you know, let's say my phone rings or, you know, let's say my dog's barking at me, I can, I can hit pause right? You can hit the DVR and then go do your thing and then come back where you left off. The, the, you, like, that is just so exciting for me. When, when you told me about this, I kind of got it. And then when I researched a little bit more what you were talking about and it, it clicked for me, especially from like a visually, uh, how you display it visually, I just think it's so brilliant. Like I really, really, really think you're onto something very special there. And I, I commend you for being able to see that. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see people like, you know, just be able to serve their own, like serve themselves 
and this sounds kind of weird, but serve themselves better. And, and what I mean by that is creating more sustainable long-term approaches. Like mm. one of the biggest things that happen to people in business is they flame out because they try so hard and they just burn out. Right. Yeah. So like serve the business by being sustainable, serve the audience by queuing up content in a way that's easier for them to consume in a way that they want to consume in a way that's easier for them to come back to consume later. Mm-hmm. And then it's also serving the business again by having these SEO benefits, which are super helpful. So I, I think it's just a win, win, win all the way around. And I'm super excited for people to start adopting this idea. And I think this is going to be a shift in the way that we just think about content strategy. Uh, and you will be hearing me, hearing me talk about this as many places as will allow me to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, I think that's great. I am a believer in this without, I mean, from, from SEO, you and I can talk about it a lot. There's a lot of different ways where that, that'll help your SEO from a technical perspective. And, and I can tell you about all that stuff at some later time. But, but what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is it's just, it's, it fits what we need right now. Like this is how we as a culture like to learn and consume and, um, and basically watch and read. Like, it's just how we do it. So why is it that everything else, and when you mentioned podcasts too, I, I, I mean, I think Serial is probably a great example of that. They, they did a, a podcast last year, or maybe two years ago called Shit Town, where they released all six episodes at the same time. And um, I didn't listen to a single thing for that two weeks other than that Shit Town podcast until it was over. I think the whole thing was like nine hours long. Um, so yeah, like, how come everything else is caught on to this except it, for what we're and there's nothing, man, there's nothing better when you find an old podcast that was released chronologically and you didn't know about it, but like all of them are released and you can listen to like all 20 episodes. I, know. Uh, I did this with Up and Vanished. It was like my favorite podcast, but I was like a late adopter. So every joker in the world was waiting for the next week to release, but I like found it once they all been <laughs> And there's nothing better than that because that's the way that I want to consume content. And I don't think I'm the only one. Like, when you find an old show that you didn't know about and you can watch all of the seasons straight through, like yeah. in your time, the way that you want to, you love that. Like you don't, you know what you don't love is like waiting until next Thursday at 7 p.m. Central for the show to come out. Like you love the fact that you can come back to it on your own terms and people love consuming content on their own terms. So we need to rethink the way that we're doing that online with our businesses and our blogs and our podcasts. We just need to rethink it. Uh, and be a little bit more strategic. And so I'm really excited to to continue to to be a champion for this message going forward. Yeah, I'm excited for you. All right, um, let's start wrapping this thing up. I had something that I wanted to end this podcast with because uh, when you and I met, I guess it was about a month ago, maybe a little bit more, you said something to me that I wrote a blog post about and it, it punched me, it, like, it really just punched me in the head, um, the power of this thing that you said. So I was... We were talking a little bit about what it was like for us 10 years ago, seeing these people that had this kind of success and, and looking up to them. And now, you know, you and I are in a position where you're a partner, a partner on, on Copyblogger and, and Authentic and, and all of my websites seem to be doing better than at least I, I hoped. I mean, there's always room, but I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of like myself and, and the work that I've done. And you said that, we have to keep into context that you and I and people around us, what we still kind of feel like just regular guys, but there's people 
that are looking up to us now in the same way that, that we were looking up to them. And um, I'm not even really asking it as a question, more so just, just making it as a statement because I, I just appreciated you so much reminding me of this is more than, you know, podcasts and blogs and, and web traffic. Like this is what we do is important and building online brands and building these companies really, really has a huge impact on, on my life and my family's life and even the people's lives that are listening to this and, and hearing this and thinking to themselves like, wow, I can do that. And I think you're just a, a great example of that. And, and I appreciate that message from you. So let me tell you how I learned this. It's a good story because this is, this, I think it's a really powerful message for people. And I, I kind of want to give the context for, for how I learned this, but uh, I was 21 years old and I was interning uh, at this company and I would come in as a 21 year old, 22 year old, I'd come in every single day. And my perspective was that my boss like was the man, right? Like he was older than me, he had a family, he was successful. He was making the kind of money that I hoped to make someday. And I would come in to work and he would like give me a task to do that day. And I would be like, like, even if it was like cleaning out a closet in some random area, like it was fine. Like I was an intern. I was learning. I was super stoked about it. Yeah. And I uh, like fast forward. <laughs> oh, and he was 20. I was 21. He was 28. Uh, fast forward, I was 28 years old. I was in Minneapolis at the time and, uh, we hired two summer interns for our business at the time. We were doing online courses and had an online magazine and we had two interns come in. They came in five, uh, three days a week, uh, for half a day. And I realized in that moment, I had no clue what to have them do most of the time. <laughs> I was making stuff up, like having them clean out a random closet. And at that moment, the perspective really hit me where, where I used to be, I was now having perspective on somebody that I really looked up to. Yeah. And what I realized is that that guy didn't have any more of an idea what he was doing with me as an intern than I do in this exact moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest myths of leadership is that we think we don't know what we're doing and we think we're the only one. And the reality is we look at these other people, especially people who went before us, and we think that they are on some sort of pedestal that, we, that is unattainable for us. And then when we arrive at these moments where we have what these people that have gone before us have or have had, we think that we're different somehow. We think that they had it more figured out than we do. And all of this is a myth that like puts it, it's like one of these like human condition lies or myths that go into our head where we think that we're less off or worse off or farther behind or that other people have it better off than us. And it's just like one of these myths that cause a lot of suffering in our lives. That's just really easy to overcome by just a subtle reminder that if people were looking up and, and Brian, Brian Clark's a perfect example in this in my life. If people were looking up to Brian Clark when he was copy blogger, then now that I'm a copy blogger, people are looking up to me in a way that I was looking up to him. And just a subtle reminder that you're not different. You're not further behind. You don't have things figured out less than other people. And we're all just on this journey together. And it's just really easy to assume the best about other people and assume the worst about ourselves. And uh, it's just a really powerful and important message for me to continue to remind myself as I'm kind of progressing through my life. And now I'm in my mid thirties. Uh, I am uh, in positions where people like see what I'm doing, look up to them. And I 
I'm not different than the people that I look up to 10 years ago when I was in my mid twenties and they were in their mid thirties uh, and they were doing certain stuff. And just, just a subtle reminder that, uh, that this is all part of the process and part of the journey. It is a subtle reminder. And I've, I've been reminding myself of that every day recently since you said that to me, it, it does two things for me. One, it, it, it makes me appreciate myself a little bit more because just like you said, everybody else is doing better and everyone has it more figured out than me. And that's just not true. Um, so it, it's made it easier. It, it's, made it, it's made me kinder to myself in just this last month and a half. But in the opposite respect, it's also made me realize that like, yeah, I am an example and I need to hold myself accountable in that way so that in the same way I had these other people to look up to, I can be an example for, for other people behind me. And like, uh, and again, like I just really wanted to thank you for it because that, that made a really big impact on me. So I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Super fun hanging out today. Uh, it's a fun conversation. Yeah. Likewise. Um, shit, let's keep in touch. (laughs) uh, uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of your work. Uh, I'm, I'm going to continue following you before, before we sign off. Um, please tell everybody where they can follow you. I, I believe that you have a newsletter that you, you send out once a month or something like that. Where can they find that? Yeah, you can find me at DarylVesterfeld.com or at DVest on Twitter. Great. I will uh, link all that stuff in the show notes. Daryl, I appreciate your time so much. Congratulations on all your success. And, and I look forward to working with you in the future. Yeah, thanks, Tim. All right, take care. Hey, guys, it's me. It's Tim. One last time before we wrap up, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave me an honest rating. Please follow me on Spotify. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. If you want to find out more, go to timstods.com. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.